Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Esther, owner of Sereth Design. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Better, the Brand Designer Podcast. We are so excited to be with you today. Today, we are going to be talking with Kenzie Amick about designing a website from start to finish, her process, and just her story about website design. But before we jump into that, let's dive into the intro question today. So our intro question is, if you could live anywhere, where would it be and why? Kenzie, would you like to start? Yes, I'd love to. I feel like you know me, so you asked this question specifically. That's exactly why I did. Yeah. Esther knows I love travel. I love, like, I just dream of living in all these places. So I love it. But I think I would definitely live on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. I don't know why I'm just, but I love like the community and just the lifestyle things to do. And obviously, like, the sun and ocean and paradise. So I think that's where I would. I had a gut feeling you would say Hawaii. Yeah. I probably (laughs) told you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or somewhere. I knew it would be somewhere tropical. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I visited Hawaii. Um, I visited actually a friend because I'm a military spouse. And so like I just meet people from all over and then they get sent to all over. So I have a bunch of friends. So I have this friend who lives in Hawaii and I went and visited just on Oahu. And it was so beautiful. Like 10 steps away from a beach on all sides. Like yeah, Florida exactly. Girl, so I'm used to it, like beaches, but yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Can we come visit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never please. been to Hawaii, so I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh my if I were to go anywhere, I feel like I also want it to be tropical, which is so opposite to my husband because he's from Canada and he's like, I love the snow, but he could do with some sun. I would go to Thailand and live in Thailand. When I lived in China, my family would always go to Thailand for our vacations. And that was like, my favorite spot to go. It has beautiful beaches as well and the food and the culture. Oh, I would want to live there. Yeah, But also so many places else. Yeah, I'm like, I could also live in Europe or I could also live in Africa. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Everywhere. What about you, yeah. Jen? Oh, I'm going to be so boring. Um, I'm about to move to Florida. <laughs> and I would say Florida. <laughs> well, you just want to be settled. I know. We're just in this like transition period of time where we like don't really know when we're moving. We don't really know like what our living situation is going to look like. We're going to be living with um, my in-laws for a little bit. And I'm super excited about that. We have such a great relationship. They're like my second family and free childcare is pretty great. But um, I would probably say like Tampa in Florida. And that's still a place that we're considering moving and buying a home. But the market is so bad right now. So we're just kind of waiting for things to cool off a little bit. But we're also thinking about like building um, on some property we have in Georgia. But if I was going to give like a fun answer, I would probably say New York City. And it's funny because I actually lived there before. I am like a sunny Florida girl. I love the sun. I hate the cold. But there is just something really magical about New York City that like I have Mm -hmm. never felt before anywhere else. And I know that's kind of a cliche answer, but in another life, Jen is single and childless and living in New York City, working as like a design editor at a fashion magazine. And yes, I daydream about this a lot. Yeah. No, Just I love fulfilling my those like, like movie dreams. <laughs> yeah. It's my it's my alternate reality, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can have those I dreams. That. I mean, like you can also, <laughs> you. you can have both and like love your life now and wish that you had all these other lives that you could live. Yeah, there's just not enough time to like do everything and live everywhere. I know. (laughs) There really isn't. There isn't. Um, I am curious, Kenzie, um, about how you and Esther know each other. I know we're chatting about this a little bit in the beginning, but we both have like separate connections to you. And so like, I feel like we should just chat through it really quick. (laughs) Yes. So Esther reminded me because when we chatted before, I was like, wow, I don't even remember. Like we've just been design friends. We boxer each other. We DM, text, all of that. But 
We don't um, know which platform to use, so we use all of them yeah, randomly. <laughs> <laughs> but we were both in Morgan Rapp's Design Biz Mastery at the beginning of last year. I think we both started at the same time. So yeah, we just met because I sent out something on the what's it called the Facebook group. I wanted a little design friend to kind of be my accountability partner. And Esther answered the call. So here we are a year later, still buds. <laughs> yeah. Still she keeps you accountable? Like, do you guys other. keep each other accountable for things? <laughs> we do. I, I feel like at this point, we just kind of complain and vent to each other and then like <laughs> encourage Love each it. other, you know, like, it's fine. You're going to get through this. So yeah, that's kind of how it is now. Or like when we have client situations, because I feel yeah. like you need those. Once you get past this, like, little bit of, I mean, new friend vibes. You're just like, oh, I hate what's going on. Can you tell me that it's right? Or am I wrong? Am I going crazy? And like, those are the kind of people you need because like other people in your life don't understand it in the same way. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. My husband gives me the worst advice when it comes to clients. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, what should I do? This client said this thing. He's like, fire them, fire off a really mean email. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Can't do that. Yeah, can't do that. Or I know How I, I talked guys... like my parents or like my husband, and they're like, "Well, like, are your prices too high? Like, when it comes to specific things, you're oh, like, maybe you should no. lower your prices." And oh, I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! Like, you do not understand no, the no, work no. that I am doing. No, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So not helpful. Not, yeah, yeah. So How do you guys know each other? So. Uh, we are also a Design Biz Mastery connection. Like I think I made a joke earlier uh, in a, a podcast that like we're just like, this is a fan, a fan account for Morgan Rapp and yes. all the courses that she puts out because like through her offerings and programs, we've gotten connected to so many amazing people. So Kinsey and I were in DBM together and then we were also both um, one-to-one clients of Morgan. And so she put together a little Voxer group of her one-to-one clients and... We just kind of like chit-chatted in that boxer group. There's like maybe five or six people. And so it was just a really small, intimate group. We were able to bounce ideas off of each other and like just respond to each other's like problems and wins and celebrate together. And so like pretty much every day when I would go on a walk, I would be like either like hearing Kinsey or like hearing someone else and hearing Kinsey's amazing advice. And like, I could just tell from the like quality of her voice and like just how passionate you are about what you do, but also like so kind and like giving. And like, I was just like, this girl is so sweet. Like I want to be her friend. You are so nice. You're (laughs) making me cry right now. (laughs) Thank you. No, I mean like we need people like that in our lives. Like, cause it's just so funny. Like there's so much negative self-talk that we like put on ourselves. And then like how often do we think to ourselves, like, I'm so great. I'm kind. Like we do our with our kids, right? We do these like affirmations, mm-hmm. like I am kind, like I am beautiful, like yeah. I am smart. But then like, you just never hear that about yourself. And so I think it's important yeah. to say. Yeah, you need it yeah. from other people. Yeah. You really do you really need it from do. other people. Awesome. Well, I love these little origin stories. I think it's really cool to hear where everybody comes from and how everybody knows each other, especially in this small design community. I feel like we need those connections. So before we get started, I wanted to introduce Kenzie. I'm going to read a little bit of her bio so we can get to know you, and then we'll jump into the conversation. So Kenzie is a brand and website designer for small businesses in the wellness space who has been running her business full-time for three years now. She went to Utah State University, where she earned a BFA with an emphasis in graphic design. She also studied entrepreneurship and worked at the Entrepreneurship Center because she loved it so much and just wanted to soak every last drop of that energy before she started her design career, where she knew she would always work nine to five for somebody else. But a few years out of college, she started her business and quit her nine to five because she was so burnt out and she was only in the corporate world for a year. She fell in love with website design and decided to start her business focusing on brand and web design for small businesses because that's who she's always loved working with. She is also a yoga teacher and loves helping others in a more holistic one-on-one way, so she brings that into her business as well. When she's not working, Kenzie loves skateboarding with her family, traveling the world, and just getting outside to play outside in nature. Welcome, Kenzie. We're so happy you're here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Like I said before, it's Seriously, such an honor to be on here and chatting with you. I love you both so much. This is so fun. 
Yeah, we feel so honored to have you. I'm seriously excited to learn from you kind of about the web design side of things because I feel like web has always kind of been secondary for me to brand design. I started out, of course, in editorial and print design for magazines. And so I feel like I carried over some design principles, but I'm seriously psyched to kind of just like learn from you. And like, I'm always so curious about other people's processes. So loving our topic for today. I'm so excited. Kenzie, would you tell us more about how you got started in the design world and what twists and turns got you to where you are today in your business? So I always think back to years old. That's kind of when it started for me. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, but I kind of got into the blogging world. Like I don't know if anyone remembers the 2010s like blogging time. (laughs) And it seemed that's kind of where like influencers originated is kind of how I think of it. But anyways, I got interested in creating graphics and blogs and backgrounds and kind of in this digital scrapbook era. And it was this secret hobby that I had, honestly. And then I had one other friend that was into it as well. And so we would just read blogs together and always edit and design our own blogs. So it was just kind of this fun little thing that I didn't think anything of. I didn't think it would go anywhere, of course. But I learned like basic HTML and CSS. I was not good at it by any means. But I learned the basics and kind of just fell in love with creating like that digital little online home. And so yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then in high school, I didn't really do sports or anything. I did theater just for really my thing. And so I had an opportunity to... Well, I took some photography classes and then through that, I like competed in state for photography and kind of did this like, it was called Skills USA, but just this, I don't know, like state level competing. And it was really fun. And I just feel like through there, that's where I really learned about like being a creative for someone when you're, you know, hired out to work for them. And I learned about composition and just all those things that go into like, digital art. So yeah, then I somehow decided to major in graphic design when I went to school. And I took um, lots of different classes. But when it came time for the website design class, which was required, I was excited to kind of pick it up again and pick up where I left off when I was younger and learn CSS and HTML again. And also just go back to creating those little online homes And so it really hit me that I should maybe do web design and kind of pursue that when the rest of my class that I was in that program with, they all hated website design. Like they just thought it was the worst thing ever. But I just really, not that I was like the best at it or like, you know, the most talented designer in our cohort or whatever, but I just had this desire and passion for it. And so that's kind of when it hit me when I was like, maybe I should go for it, you know? But yeah, that's kind of my, I guess. (laughs) Were you into like Tumblr? Is that where your blogging started? Me too. I was always on Tumblr. For hours at home. Oh my goodness. We just get our laptops out. We couldn't be in the library and the librarian would be like, what are you doing? Like, are you researching? We're like, and it was like a bad website. Like that's kind of how it was for us. Like Tumblr was kind of naughty sometimes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now it was. It was. don't go on it. Like it, it, I feel yeah. like, I don't know when I started going on it, it. Like I didn't, maybe I was just like too innocent and didn't know like where to find the bad stuff. But like nowadays people are like, you used to spend five hours on Tumblr. Like what were you doing? You know? I <laughs> yeah, don't know what yeah. it's like now, but I still randomly, I, I don't use Tumblr. I have not used it in like, I don't know, eight, 10 years. And I still get emails from them. That's like, Hey, here's oh, the yeah. top Tumblr posts. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't even like use this. And Jake saw it the other day and he was like, what's Tumblr? And I was like, it's when I was like 12. (laughs) You want to know what my Tumblr username was? Yeah. (laughs) Limitlessoptimism.tumblr.com. Oh my gosh. Now I feel like everyone's going to go on that. I'm actually like scared that that is going to actually link to my... It's like looking back at your MySpace page. Yeah. I love my space too. Like, you know, your top friends. And that's how I learned how to do like BR slash for like a paragraph. Oh my gosh. Yes. Of course. 
wrote paragraphs of copy about myself on my MySpace page. And Mm -hmm. I think I had a list of like inside jokes with like me and my high school friends. Like, oh my goodness. Like there's just so much cringe that happened back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that history of like from when you were 12 until now. And now you're actually running like a full-on studio where you do web design for, is it every client or most of your clients? It really is every client. I kind of dabbled with... I still do brand design, but I've figured out that I love doing brand design that feeds into a website. So I'll start with brand and then do web. So I really don't take anything on unless it ends with a website. Yeah. I love that. I feel like your and I studio is very similar because I love website design. I'm a little bit more of the opposite. I love brand design and I like, I could do without web, but most people need yeah. it. And so I do it, which is why, like, I mean, even just hearing you say, like, oh, like, I'm really more passionate about the web and like doing branding in tandem with web. Like, what do you think, like, gonna, going off the outline here, but like, what do you think are some considerations that designers should make when they're crafting a brand identity? Because like, and they know that it's going to be implemented next in a website. Because like, I'm honestly curious just for my own knowledge, because I don't know if I'm like thinking about the right things when I'm developing like the logo, etc. That's a good question. I always just think of typography as you have to have a really good foundation with your type. And more of a practical side of that too is my brand designs, I always make sure that the fonts are going to be available on the platform that I'm designing the website on. So yeah, I'm choosing fonts that go well with the brand and match, you know, the brief and all of that. But I also want to make my life easy and I want to make sure that it's available on Squarespace or Shopify or whatever. So I think of those little things, but just something that is flushed out within your brand, maybe patterns or a direction for what your icons and your buttons and fun elements are going to be. Because, you know, I mean, you can make that up as you go along and kind of complete the picture as you do your website. But it's also nice to develop that in the beginning. Like if you're going to hand off someone else to create a website, you know. Yeah, especially with icons and stuff to make sure everything has a specific purpose. And it's not just like, oh, I'm just creating these because maybe you'll need them. It's like, no, actually, do. does the client need it? Another thing I was thinking when you're talking is like, I love that you use kind of what's built into Squarespace or Shopify to craft fonts and typefaces and stuff for your clients. I mean, you don't have to do that, right? Like you can always go the long route and put something unique in, but it does take a lot more work. And I love that you're just like, I'm saving my time and energy and it's still going to be beautiful and it's still going to like work together. Yeah. And I do a lot of customs on Shopify or sorry, on Squarespace. It's usually Shopify that I look out for because it depends on the project. It's a more low budget project. I don't have extra resources to hire out a developer to help me, you know, that come up with custom fonts or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's super cool to hear about like just kind of how your process is a little bit more holistic than segmented because I'm thinking about brand strategy and brand identity. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to move into the web design phase. But like you probably deliver like button styles and like text like styles to your clients in the brand strategy. So I love that. And I might start doing that with my own clients because... I think one of the biggest to be or not to be questions in the design world is like, should your logo font also be your header font on your website? And the answer is like, it doesn't really matter whatever you want because some, sometimes logo fonts are like crazy and you don't want it to be the header font. I'm curious like what your take is on that. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it's so different for every brand. So I'm no, trying to think like back no on right past projects. <laughs> but I've never thought about that specifically. So that's interesting to think about. I think it usually is for me, but I don't know. Sometimes the logo is just an illustration or like an icon or something too. So I feel like I try to default to it. Like my own brand, like the the same typeface in my logo is also my headline font. But then like if I do something crazy with like edited letters Mm -hmm. or like manipulation or something, then like it's not going to like look the same yeah. it on the headline. So anyways, Jen is getting her technical questions out of the way. Early. Yeah, no, yeah, get all of coming. them out. <laughs> I feel like I usually do that too. Like I like to match them unless it like 
really looks bad, then it doesn't make yeah. sense. And like it's you can still get the same effect from other fonts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely in there though. Like if it's not the H1, it's like the H3 or the H4 or I don't know, yeah. sometimes rarely like the button font or I think I did yeah, a some sort of like accent somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that I feel like it irks me when I see on other people's website is when you have a font for your logo and then you match a font that's similar but not the same for your header font. I'm like, you can tell that it's not the same. Yeah. Let's just go with a completely different font, guys. Yeah, I hate that too. I see that all the time. People who aren't designers like won't notice. And I feel like that's what clients are also thinking. They're like, whatever, like nobody will care. But I'm like, yeah. no, we care. And you're paying so, us to care. So watch this out. It's like reminding me, I, I, we see you and we're coming for you. No, I'm just kidding. But like, this is reminding me of this, like this trend that's going on right now with like typefaces. Do you guys know what I mean? I've seen it done well and I've seen it done not well where like you'd use like one typeface that's like, a serif typeface. And then there's another typeface that's like super modern sans serif, but you use them like next to each other, like in oh yeah copy. Yeah. And I, I think it can look really beautiful, but at the same time, it looks like the website didn't load the font properly in the one that's like, yeah. like Arial. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've seen that more recently and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like this juxtaposition. I think typeform.com, their homepage, they use that like technique, I guess. And so to me, I'm like, okay, I get that they're trying to be cool and unique, but like, it looks kind of like their font and load. I don't know. Yeah. There's- yeah. I have a question kind of going off of that, Kenzie. When it comes to your web designs, how do you balance this like beautiful juxtaposition of what's trendy and also what is actually like intentional and strategic and will look good for the client? Yeah, that's a good question. That's something I a lot or try to think about if maybe I'm reflecting back on past designs and I don't know, I just want to try new things, but I don't have an answer though. It's kind of this like intuition type thing where I want to try a new style, but I just try to hold back and not get crazy with diving into that trend, sprinkling it in here and there. I try to follow this little rule that I set for myself. Not that it's even something to like measure, but I say I like to do like 5% kind of trendy and fun. And I don't know, maybe you're trying like a really trendy color palette or something. And then the rest of the designs, like 95% of the design is what's good for the client, what you kind of bring to the table as a designer and all those other things. So yeah, it's not something you can measure, but just kind of reflecting and thinking back, it's like, did I use too much of the trend or did I really rely on like what I thought was good for the you know? Yeah. I think there's, there's that delicate balance because what's trendy is going to bring people in, but you don't want to go too far into it to where your client looks exactly like everyone else. Their website looks exactly exactly like everyone else. And that's, they're not going to stand out and they're going to lose sales from it. They might lose like customers. I mean, it's just, it's hard to have that balance. I like the 5% rule. Yeah. I think user interface and user experience, so UI UX or UX UI, I'm probably saying it in the wrong like order. <laughs> I think that those principles, like those have to rule and then the design can come second or copy UI UX, then copy, then design. I feel like it's my personal philosophy when it comes to web design. Sometimes we do copy in tandem with design. Um, like I'll make a design and then the copywriter will kind of see like, word count and like what I'm thinking for the sections and stuff like that. But like, I'm curious, Kinsey, kind of like bouncing off of Esther's question, um, when you are like making like just more trendy design decisions or like deciding between a hamburger menu on desktop or like a traditional navigation or like the full bleed hero image, you know, like I always want to try like cool things to make it look different. But at the end of the day, people are used to the navigation being at the top or like navigation on the side or like a slide out nav or like whatever. Like I feel like people are used to nav being at the top, footer being at the bottom, like sections of their website. And so like I struggle with like really like differentiating, like, you know, making the websites look really distinct. 
but at the same time, making them like user-friendly. So, I mean, I guess you kind of answered that in the previous question, but like, that's just something that I struggle with, you know, as far as UI, because like, that's not something that I have like a formal training in. So like, did you learn that like in school? Like, I just, I want to, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So honestly, when it comes to UX, UI, like if someone on the street and was like, give me the definition of UX and UI, and I'll give you a million dollars if you get it right. I don't think I could do it. (laughs) Because I don't know, I had formal training in that specifically where like the teacher's like, okay, class chapter one, UX, here's the definition, you know? So it's just kind of come naturally from curiosity of like learning about websites, Mm -hmm. why they're made a certain way, why we put this here and that there. And so as I've gotten better, I understand the principles and why we do all those things. So I feel like I have a good grasp on it in the sense of like, I've just learned by doing, but just the way that my brain works too. I, I'm not so tech analytical. I still love those more holistic kind of like human approaches. So I kind of just design with what I feel is right, right? Like with my gut, yeah. with my basic understanding of strategy and what needs to go where and why. And then what I typically do is at the end of the design or when I flesh out a new website design, I'll analytical brain and check to make sure that everything is good, it's functioning, it's a good experience for the user, the customer, and everything makes sense. So that's approach and I, how that I go makes about me it. I feel really good because I, it's almost like it's an asset and it's a value add that you don't like have that specific like box training industry. You know what I mean? Like, because that allows you to like break the rules a little bit. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with, with my own web design as well, where I'm like, you know what? I don't know if this is industry standard, but I think it looks good. And I think it's going to be high converting just based off of like a gut intuition. So I think that is really cool. And I guess this is just something that you've kind of honed through, your, through the years of experience and building websites for clients and seeing them succeed because you know what works and you know what looks good and you kind of just like combine those things together. For me too, it's going back to the client's goals, like their website goals. Yes. But I always, I always start with their leading it more. And then it's just the basics of the UX, the UI, the strategy. Yeah, I feel like there are certain like you always have a call out, you want to have a call to action, you want to have like your main message, but how you deliver it can be so creative. And we're in such a creative yeah. field where we don't have to like fit into any one of these boxes. No. If you want to, I mean, like my website, I made it scroll left and right. Like if you want to do that, which I you can love. do whatever your you want to. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it thank you. So cool. But I think I'm it's like just fun to be able to like play around with it. Like, you know, like you said, Kenzie, you know what will work for your clients and you can be unique and creative, but also keep in mind like those core design principles and like really what needs to happen here. How can we make the conversions happen and have people buy products or whatever the main goal of the website is, but still have a fun spin on it that's going to be unique. Yeah, exactly. And starting out too, I definitely followed those basic like header image, secondary information and then this and this and this. And so I think it's kind of where it starts where I understanding. And then from there, you kind of just mess with things and break the rules, like you said, and have fun with it. Yeah. I have a, a, a comment too, to that is like you said, when I started out, I just like did exactly what kind of what you're told. Right. I think mm-hmm. to, I want to say to our new designers who are still just beginning, it's okay to start that way. Like we're not saying yeah. that that is wrong. That's not wrong. That's okay. I mean, that's where you start. That is the basics of it. It's just at this point, like, do you start to push outside of that box and like color outside the lines and just have fun and do more? And that comes with knowing the platform that you're on. It comes with knowing your clients. It comes with knowing just more expertise of web design. But what you're doing now when you're starting out, that's not wrong. It just is the beginner. And you can still make such a beautiful, incredible website within those parameters. Just because you're not breaking rules doesn't mean that it's not an amazing website. So yeah, you have to know the rules to break them. Exactly. (laughs) 
when you look at um, like awards.com or like any like web design inspiration sites, I feel like the ones that are like always featured on there are like the ones like Esther's website. I'm sure like you design as well, Kinsey, where it's like, wow, that is such a cool design and, you know, I don't know, user interface decision to have the website scroll right or like really cool scroll animations I think are so cool and different. And so like, I think you're spot on when you're talking about like, okay, well, what's the client's goal? Like, what is their audience going to respond to? Like I worked on a very traditional interior designer. Like her whole thing was like fresh traditional and we did a traditional website with a very traditional header and like the nav items on either side of a centered logo. I mean, even centered logo is like, I feel like most of the time people think that traditional should be logo on the left and then nav items on the right or whatever. But we made it very like easy for someone to navigate around. And, but like if we had a client that like, or I'm sure you've experienced this, Kenzie, where they're like, okay, yeah, we're a little playful. We're a little edgy. We're a little different. Like, then, you know, you can be inspired by what, like, like the brief and the brand. And, you know, I'm doing a design for another interior designer. She's like very editorial and edgy. She has like this deep plum color. It's like so beautiful and different. And she's like, yeah, I want it to be kind of like not section-y. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. So it's like, get inspired by your clients, you know, and kind of let them and like the design brief, like lead into the website. So I feel like I kind of answered one of my questions earlier where it's like, well, how do you think about web when you're thinking about branding? It's like, it's kind of more of a strategy thing, really. Yeah, it definitely is. And that just kind of made me think too, like there's so many layers to it. There's so many things that you're taking into consideration, which I think is why I'm so drawn to webs because it's such a fun, multi-dimensional design challenge. And it was that different thing in design learned all these other things like branding and brochure design and book cover design. And that's so fun. But it was like web was all of plus all these million other things. And I think it just kept me interested. But back to what I was saying, I just think there's so many things you have to consider and balance and you know play around with. Because when you were saying that, I was just thinking about like audience age too. Like who is going to go on this website? I was kind of just helping my friend with the website that she was working on. And she's a photographer, but she was helping out her neighbor. And so she was just asking about the website and it was in old folk homes, like an old person home. And you have to make the easiest website to navigate, like the easiest website in the world to navigate because the age of the people that are going to be on this website, it's older, they're older. So they need that extra step, you know, to kind of find the information that they need to find. Yeah. I think to that point also, like you have to think about different types of disabilities. Like some people can't see a bunch of different vibrant colors. Like that is really jarring to their eyes. So you have to kind of balance what is playful and fun and also going to be really accessible. Or even sometimes you have to think about different languages that need to be put on there. How is that going to look? I mean, there's so many things to consider. And we don't really think about that when you go into like just a standard quote unquote website design. But yeah, if you're working for an old folks home, you can't do the same thing that you can do if you're working for like a ceramicist. I mean, they can be really fun and playful, but... Totally. How did you learn how to get better at developing sites? Good question. How did I get better? (laughs) I was thinking about this question. Honestly, I think my curiosity just led me to dive in and go for it. And not that I always was like that. I totally had been scared off from development and that end of website design. I even I was at a point in my business where I was hiring that out and I wasn't doing the development if it was a little bit harder. But then I think one day I just decided I should just learn it and go for it. And so... Now I'm at this point where I... Well, I've always just Googled things. Just Googling and like figuring things out and finding good resources. Or maybe it's a course or something that helps you get a little bit better. But I still have higher up, like more knowledgeable developers that I will hire out just for an hour. So I don't have this fear of like impending doom if I don't 
know everything when it comes to developing a specific I can just hire some things out, do everything that I can. So that's helped a lot. And that's helped a lot with my confidence and just being able to take on more projects. So the more projects, the better I get. And it's just kind of this snowball effect. So hopefully I'll get to the point where I don't have to ask for help, you know? Yeah. I think that the big answer there, I guess, then is really just time, right? And experience and working with lots of different clients. One thing that I think is important for our listeners to remember too is like Google is okay. Like it's okay to like pretend, I guess pretend is maybe a big word, but I'm going to say it anyways. Like if you're working with a client, you can pretend like you know everything and you can still learn while you're with a client. You don't have to know everything. You can't wait until you have all the answers to jump into a project because then you'll never have them. It's like you just kind of got to get started. Squarespace, Shopify, and show it. Each time I booked a client and I was I was upfront with them. I said, I've never done this platform before. I'll give you a discount. I'm going to be learning while I do this. And I basically got paid to learn how each platform worked. And then after that, I was able to get more projects from each platform and say, yes, like I'm an expert at this now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Google is the re- like the reason why I even know a little bit of like how to code HTML and CSS JavaScript and not so much, but I yeah. can at least understand HTML and CSS. <laughs> My first big projects coding on Squarespace, I legitimately cried like 10 times doing it because I didn't know hard. what the bleep I was like just <laughs> ah, I'm just trying to figure out everything out and and like yeah. this isn't working and like now a couple dozen projects later I'm like oh okay like that was the easiest thing ever why was I freaking out but like yes. you have to go through those mini freakouts <laughs> yeah. so many totally. tags that like should not have been there in my previous Squarespace websites I just put important next to every single line of code and I yeah. was like you are not supposed to do that I'm not yeah. a developer the guys, index 100 like, <laughs> yeah. I know I know exactly oh gosh <laughs> are we nerds or are we just we just not know what we're I know <laughs> I think we're nerds it's fine okay all right we're fine um but like, oh, this is like, oh, this is such a good conversation because like, I feel like it's kind of making me feel better about like my intuitive approach to website design because like, that's just kind of always been what I've leaned on and it's worked for my clients. They love the stuff that I make. And so I feel like it's the same thing when people ask like, oh, I wanted to be a brand designer. Like, do I need to go get a design degree? It's like, no, you don't. Just like take a couple courses, educate yourself, find your niche, you know, do some practice projects. And it's the same thing with web design. It's like, I feel like I need to kind of step out of this like imposter syndrome of like, well, I didn't go to school for this. It's like, that's never mattered in the past. Like, why should that matter now? But that still like makes me excited to learn from you, Kenzie, about your website process. So do you want to start kind of diving into the step-by-step, like take us from client, maybe client has booked like through maybe brand design, how you set everything up for web, and then like how you communicate with the client around like project management and website design and, you know, wrap up, launch domains, all of that stuff. I'm so interested. Yeah. I'll just start rambling. But if I, cause there's so many pieces to it. So I'm going to try my best to just say it off the top. Yeah. You want an overview specific question. <laughs> so client has booked. And then um, with website design, I was thinking about this. There's two levels or I don't know what to call it. There's two parts where you have the client side where you're managing the project. I guess it's the project management, right? And then the client and expectations and making sure you get payments, like making sure you're covered and you're all of that going on. And then the other way I think about it is there's website design part. You're actually designing the website and taking all the content and copy and photos and putting it together with site goals, all of that. And then development and... All of that stuff. So I'll start with just the website stuff. So really, yeah, it's having the client book, making sure they sign that contract and pay the invoice. And I set up their portal in Notion. So I use Notion. And then from there, I have them fill out a branding questionnaire, which is really just like overall business goals. Um, So it's like branding and website goals and everything. I have a separate one for SEO goals. I don't do crazy SEO work, but just kind of the basics. So it's nice just to have them answer a few questions about SEO. And then 
I just have a place where they drop in stuff like logins. What else? My mind's drawing a blank, but you know, just all that miscellaneous stuff. I have an outline. Oh, are there email providers the, and domains? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's other apps that we have to use and all that kind of stuff. If they have like an existing store or if I need to create a new one, what email should I send that to? All of that. And so um, I have them drop in their content. So their copy, their photos, their inspiration for their website. I also have them drop like three websites that they really admire and kind of want their website to be like. Not that I follow that exactly, but it's good to kind of get on their level and see what they're kind of expecting and what they're kind of drawn to. So I'll have them do that. But yeah, from there, I just take everything up into one big pot, and which is my XD, or I use Adobe XD to design my website and have everything together. So this is the website point where if I did their branding, then I have all their brand elements at this point. And we already worked through their branding and then designed their brand and all of that. Um, so we dive into XD and we have everything. And I just kind of like... out. And this is where I feel like my holistic, more like intuitive approach comes into website design because I... Uh, know that with website design, you know, it's a very like step-by-step process and there's like wire, you know, like all these things, which I was saying I do take into consideration, but initially my brain just to just lay everything out on the table and like morph it together in a way. So I kind of just sit and think about it and process like, what is this website going to be? What is it going to look like? Like I try to think about all these moving parts in my head. I kind of can see a clear picture going forward. Not that that always works out, but I can get to a point where I can dive into Illustrator and just start designing or sorry, into XD or sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's me grabbing a pen and like drawing out the website. It just always looks so different. But yeah, I just kind of get to this point where I start like putting things together. and making it work. So um, you that's kind of how I do it. You don't, do you do wireframes or do you just dive right into using the client's like photography and copy and actual typefaces? It's honestly so different. So I'm like, how do I explain this? But lately it's been... Um, so I'll sketch out wireframes on and kind of draw all that stuff out. But then with that, I'm not doing photos quite yet. Like I'm not inserting the photos into the wireframes if I'm sketching it out just because, you know, I'm not going to like draw the piece of paper, but I'll kind of get like that going. So the bones and the structure of the website. And then meanwhile, I'll be on computer sorting through all their photos, looking at the different stock photos that I might. And I look at their typography. We start kind of looking at what's going to be like the H1 headings, the H2, H3 buttons, colors, all of that. So it's kind of a bunch of moving parts for me, at least. I don't really have this like cut and dry, like first I do this, then I do this, then I do this. But um, yeah, so I guess to kind of like sum it all up, they're, of all the moving parts, they're now require the client to have before I get started. I'm not going to do filler copy. I've just found that I work best if I have the copy and I can design to the copy the photos from them. So whether that's their brand photography, as well as their product photos. And then I, you know, gather the brand assets. So color palette, their type faces, and then just kind of having those site goals in mind that are directing me, you know, to make all these different design decisions. And so I know it sounds like a mess, like my process, it's like, what? But I miss mine's of, like that too. You're totally fine. Same. I think I work this way because just the way I've set up my business, I try to lean into how I'm feeling that day. With website, you know, you have hopefully like a longer timeline to work on all this stuff, which gives you flexibility to work on these individual parts and pieces. And if you don't complete something one day, you can wrap it up another day or you can work on this while you're working on that. So yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. But it just everything kind of gets going. And so I I've gathered all the stock code. I've, you know, kind of finalized that type system and figured out what needs to be the headings and the paragraph fonts and all of that. We have the copy, we have the wireframes, and then it gets to this point where I'm in XD and I'm putting it all together. 
And then I also forgot to mention, I gather inspiration from other sites because I'm kind of thinking about what the site is going to look like. So I'll go look at other fun sections from other websites that I want to bring in. So that's something I have as well. But yeah, it just gets to that point where I put it all together and I start with the homepage. So that's the thing I do first. And when I'm designing the homepage, I always start with the header and the footer. And that seemed to work the best for me for whatever reason. I like bookend the design with the header and the footer, and then I can start putting in the pieces. And it typically starts with like the hero section. And then the next, I get stuck in the middle. So I'll go down to the newsletter part, you know, before the footer. But yeah, it's just kind of plug and play and filling in the pieces and seeing that, oh, this color palette didn't work. Let's switch out this one. Let's get this pink brighter. Let's make this tan a little tan. Um, or, you know, just seeing like that H1 purple, we're going to scratch it, we're going to try something else. So yeah, it's just kind of messing around and figuring it all out. But um, yeah, from there, hopefully get to a point where I can show the client that first look at the homepage. And I always just have them approve the homepage before going forward. So that's, that's that. <laughs> Kenzie, I love hearing this process because my process is very similar. Even when we were talking about header and then footer, kind of like the sandwich method. I just thought of that in my head, like bookends or whatever you want to say. Like we just came up with that. It's like doing the edges of a puzzle first. Yeah. Oh, it totally is. That totally makes sense because those are the same elements on every single page. And so like, I feel like once I do the header and the footer, the rest of the website like goes pretty easily. So... I wanted to know how you handle revisions, how you collect feedback from your clients, how do you guide them on giving appropriate feedback, and then kind of like what the steps look like after you get the website design approved, like any move into the development phase. Yeah, so it was a mess before I moved everything to Notion and got organized. So now I work in Notion and I have that client portal and I have a little page, you know, where they I upload the design. It's nice because I can embed it with Adobe XD. So I have everything there. I have the website. And I have kind of like a form. You can't make forms in Notion. There's not really like a form block. But I just add little boxes where they can type stuff in. So it looks like a form. But I've been doing that too recently. I've been using like tables. Like oh, I use cool. like one by two, like two column, one row. And like you just put the question in the top box and then they can type in the bottom box and it will expand with their answer. So it's kind of like... Because I was trying to figure out how to do forms on Notion too. Anyways, that's an aside. But yeah, yeah, I like that. So yeah, I use the code block, which I think I like the table more, like you said, because it expands with the text where the code yeah. block doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. Still playing around with it, but... Block? You can do wrap. You can make the text wrap in the code oh, block. Amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm doing that now. If you click the drop down. Yeah, Notion tips, guys. I'm so new to Notion, so I don't really know anything, but I was trying to figure out how to do forms. <laughs> I love it. Notion is just a beast. Yeah, yeah so I'll um, do that. And then I just have questions that are more focused. They ask things like, does this website design check off the list for our goals that we said at the beginning. Does this still feel good to you? More intuitive questions, but it's guiding the client and giving clear feedback that's asking more along the lines of like, did we accomplish the goals that we set out to do? So I do that. And then I offer two revisions, like two major revisions. There's a revision that some swap out this photo and change the button colors. I don't really count that as like one major revision. But yeah, I usually don't get pushback when it comes to revisions. I feel I don't know what I'm doing different like from someone that gets revisions all the time, but it seemed to work out where they're pretty okay with the design. Maybe they're out and then I just have them kind of like sign off and type their name and once they approve that, I'll lock the page so they can't go back and change anything. It's kind of like, okay, nope, you said it's good. Like we got to move on. We got to, you know, continue the project to hit our our timeline goals and all of that. So yeah. That is so smart to lock the page. I like hearing your process because mine is very like so similar to yours and it makes me feel a little bit better. Like I'm not 
as all over the place as I thought I was. Like it just kind of is normal to, especially when you're going through wireframes to like see, I mean, maybe even when you get into the pages, like I sometimes I'll work about the about page and then I was like, I need to go into the FAQ or like whatever it is just to bounce around and see how your process goes. It's okay to like run rampant. I used to get imposter syndrome about my process and that I was just like crazy and a mess. And I just did things like how I was feeling in the moment and all of that. But I've kind of just gone to a point where I accept it (laughs) and embrace it, I guess, to where I'm like, no, that's a strength. Like maybe I think different from, you know, other website designers that are more cut and dry and have this like super clean step-by-step process. Like I edge to my design that's more creative and kind of like more intuitive. And I love that I get from my clients when they say that their website just feels like that they just like I brought their vision to life. And yeah. And I think it just comes down to the way that I go about it. I'm not just gonna, I don't know, like have a boring approach. I'm going to have a fun and sporadic approach in the process to make it fun and creative. So yeah. I always love that feedback too of like, this really just yeah. feels like me. I think some like language that you've used before is like, you really want it to feel like their digital home. Like this yes. is where they live online. This is when people walk into their home, what do they see first and how do they interact with their home? I think it's so important to have it feel exactly right. And I love that you use the word intuitive as well with your process, because I think that's exactly what your clients want from you is not to just give them something that's cookie cutter and that anybody could have done. It's like, if you have to jump to a different part of the project to make sure that it feels right at that moment, that's okay. And we'll get to the end eventually. I also think about your feedback. It's very interesting because I have a similar but different at the same time approach to feedback. So I also do like the form where people can fill it out. And I have mine just through Dimsado right now. And But I also have through XD their ability to drop their pin and write notes on it. So I have the bigger questions in that feedback form. And then like, hey, if you have any like tiny notes about switching something out or like the way that copy sounds, because I usually do the copywriting as well, then they'll make those smaller notes on Notion. So I feel like it's a good way to break it out. Otherwise, they start getting like, oh, I hate this color. I don't like this color. I want this to be a little bit bigger. And that's not the purpose of the reviews because the purpose of the reviews is to get the overall impression, right? Or they'll do yeah. intense copy edits with the pins. I tend yeah. to use Figma to design and I use Google Docs to deliver website copy because we also provide website copy services for our clients. Just, it's just, I, one too many times a client didn't deliver their copy on time and the project timeline just like went out the window. So now every website client that works with us also has to get website copy through us. It's been amazing. Mm. But yeah, we do Google Docs for copy. And I tell them, we request that any copy edits you have be made on the Google Drive document so that our copywriter can like pay attention to those. And then any design feedback you have be pinned to the Figma file. And like, I will explain to them how to like make pins. Yeah. It gets too lengthy. It gets like like, paragraphs. And like you can highlight and make suggestions in Google Docs. Like that's, I feel like the power of Google Docs because I mean, I just want to use Notion for everything now, but like Google Docs does have really powerful editing and comment, like and comment capabilities and suggestions and stuff. So it's just, it's cool to see how like other people like gather feedback because that's like not something that like people like share about on Instagram all the time, you know, or like they talk about, I guess, in their process. It's like, okay, I've never thought about sending a client an actual form to give their overall feedback. I just ask for it in an email, but I feel like having specific questions helps guide them to be able to even give helpful feedback because then that helps you avoid like, I don't know, it's just not feeling right. Or like, can we make it bigger? Or like, I don't know what I don't like about it, but it's just not sitting right. Just like the the vague... Like it keeps the process moving along because if sometimes they want to sit on it and they just have a really vague email and it's like, no, like, I mean, I do this now because I learned from past mistakes, right? I have them go into the Notion doc and there are little notes everywhere that say, I do not allow this many revisions or more than this many, give clear feedback that's guided by our goals, you know, because yeah, clients, I mean, like I'm the same way as a human, like I'm going to take my time and look through it and sit on it, you know, 
if I have someone that's like, no, like this, these are the parameters and we got to get going. I'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Here's the feedback, you know? So like we love our clients, but they need a little kick in the butt sometimes. Exactly. They need like a (laughs) deadline. And like, I love that you put your policies like in the document. So it's not as like, scary as like face-to-face telling a client, like, I'm going to charge yeah. you. You ask for another round of revisions or even in an email, it's like, here are our feedback policies. Any additional rounds will be charged $300 or whatever yeah. it is. Um, I like I'll be nice. Kind of, like, slid that in there, you know, <laughs> to like yeah. give someone like some policies and just some like boundaries, you know, boundaries is like this yeah. word for me this year. So yeah. Very nice face-to-face, but I'll be like, a hard A, like <laughs> with all yes. the contract lingo and all this. So then when it like comes time, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like it was in there. Did you not see it? Like I'm just customer service yeah. nice. But then it's like, that's no, what you like, have to do. The agreement. I know. <laughs> it's part I've of being people. a business owner and learning like how to be kind and cordial, but also like strict. I've seen people have like customer service email addresses or like, people have like Mark from accounting to follow up with clients when they like don't pay their invoices or whatever. And like you could like, I feel like this is the same like energy as that where it's like, oh, as soon as Mark from accounting sent them an invoice reminder, they paid up. But when I was asking about it, like, I don't know. it just That's genius. Like you to take the, I know, isn't that smart? I did not invent that guys, but like someone else, I saw that online somewhere, but like you could have like customer service at, you know, Hello June Creative. I love that so much. Reminder that I might do that. And please, (laughs) any more rounds of revision. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Peace. Peace. Well, thank you, Kenzie, for sharing your entire process. I think it's so important for our listeners to hear like every single step of the way what happens. And there's so much more in there, right? Like we could talk for days and days and days. There's about, so much that goes into it. Yeah, there's it's just a lot. Phase, like a whole other thing. That's a like, whole beast yeah. and like yeah. super if, fun, but there's a lot in there. If anyone listening has questions about specific things, like I didn't even touch on like domains and I don't know, like SEO stuff and just all these tiny things, send me a DM and I'm so happy to just share like, every little piece of my process with you that you're wondering about. There's just not enough time to cover it all. Yeah, there really isn't. And Kenzie, you have a website design course that's launching soon, right? Would you like to share that with our listeners? Yes, I'm so excited. So I have realized that I just love teaching. I love sharing things that I'm passionate about. So I decided to make a course. And this course is for brand designers that are intimidated by the world of website design and just don't know how to get started and what to do and what they should be doing and what maybe they think they should be doing, but they really should just be following their intuition. You know, so yeah, I have a course that teaches all of that. It's you know made from all the mistakes that I made and what not to do. So I'm excited to share that, but. It just teaches those brands have incredible design sense or even a basic design sense. If you're just getting into the world of brand design, it teaches you how to apply that to websites, the technical side of things when it comes to web, as well as how to manage clients and protect yourself along the way and make it a more fun experience for both of you. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I love that. Kenzie, do you have a link? to your course that you can share with us and we can put it in the show notes? Just come to my profile and hang out. DM me if you are interested in getting into the course and you want to know it all. Yeah, make sure to give you a code for listening here on the podcast and learning about it. And it'll be a little discount. So yeah. I love that. I know there's just going to be so much content up in there, like your wisdom and your experience of going through so many websites and even just talking about the client process. Like there's so much value in that. So listeners definitely message Kenzie, even if you just have like a quick question, she is the kindest person in the world. Yes. What's your Instagram handle? And also what's the course going to be called? Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm deciding if it should be like a basic straightforward name or like a super fun, catchy name. So we'll see. It's a surprise. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited too. Yeah. My in Kenzie Amick Co. So K E N Z I E A M I C K C O. 
that's my business name. So yeah, come say hi. I'd love to get to know you and chat. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kenzie, for being with us today. Thank you to our listeners for sticking with us through learning all the ins and outs of website design. I hope that you really enjoyed that. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. So search for Better, the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thank you to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.